2019. You really should cut the booze, lose 50 kilos and fulfil your lifelong dream of becoming a YouTube star by taking up extreme parkour. That's why you're here. This isn't a radio show. It's a spiritual journey to help you live your best life. It can't help you achieve any of your goals, but it will make you much, much, much better at sex. Welcome to Radio Chaser. Yes, absolutely. Welcome aboard, Andrew Hansen. Welcome aboard, Charles Firth. My name is Dom Knight. Bit of a bit of a brain hangover from the cricket last night. What a great result that was. What an extraordinary result. Uh, without wanting to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it yet, Australia just massacred England. Suck at England yeah. is, the, is the point. Oi, spoiler. Yeah. Spoiler. I forgot to say spoiler. I, I, said, I said spoiler. I said spoiler. You said without wanting to spoil it. But you obviously <laughs> did want to spoil it because you went ahead and spoiled it. Sorry. Well, I'm sorry. You now won't be able to watch that match. Oh, it was uh, such a I good know. match. Oh, I, I was so looking forward to the sport that I don't watch. <laughs> yeah, now, look, speaking of sport, everyone is talking about Izzy Folau. Um, GoFundMe shut down his uh, fundraiser yesterday just because of the whole thing of them not wanting to endorse, you know, hate speech and all that. But he's bounced back. Uh, he set up a fundraiser on the Australian Christian Lobby mm. website, which I know is my bookmark when I open <laughs> my browser. Um, and he's, he's raised more than $1.7 million mm. so far. You know what I heard uh, they're actually crowdfunding to, to do this what? time around? Is they want to build an enormous needle so that Israel Folau can actually drive his camel through the needle and pass oh, into the kingdom of heaven. I see a little biblical yeah? reference there. Yeah? I didn't know hey. you read the Bible, Charles. Yeah. I don't know that Israel has either, frankly, <laughs> given some of the things he said recently. But look, it is the only thing people are talking about. Mm. Religious freedom, should he be allowed to play again? And look, everyone's got an opinion. Here's what they said. About Israel Folau's $1.7 million fundraising. Glenn Davies, Archbishop of Sydney. And the Lord said unto his disciples, Thou shalt do lots of persecuting, and then crowdfund thy legal defence on the holy internet. Fred Nile, politician and bigot. If I'd known you could earn $1.7 million in a day by being horrible to gay people, wait, where's my $1.7 million? Maria Falau, professional netballer and Israel's missus. God has sent us so much money through this fundraiser. I think he wants us to go on a ski trip to Aspen too. Martin Isles, chair of the Australian Christian Lobby. We are so pleased to host Izzy's appeal on our website. It's the only time anyone's ever wanted to visit our website. Israel Folau, self-perceived victim. I'm uh, humbled by this support. I'm the luckiest multimillionaire ever to own six houses. God, deity. 1.7 million for a rich c***t. Have none of you read the f***ing Bible? That's what they said. Radio Chaser, Triple M. There's this wonderful list of hotel secrets, dirty hotel secrets that's come out on the internet. Have you seen this, Tommy and Charles? I hope not, because I no. want to take you through it. I want to take you through it. This is like uh, BuzzFeed has, has asked uh, you know, people who work in hotels to share some of the, uh, the naughty stuff that hotels do that Ooh. nobody knows about. And... Um, I just, I just want you to, I just want you to know about these things. I, I'm sharing it further as a community service. Um, look, here's one. What do you reckon happens if somebody dies in a hotel room at this person's hotel that they work at? Ooh, so you wouldn't want uh, other guests to see a body bag. You're being right. Taken yeah, out. no, that that is. Yeah, the, the the process is we get rid of quote we get rid of the body and then get the room booked again asap. Oh, well, I'm thinking laundry wow. basket. Just jump in the laundry basket, yes. lean over the top. Very <laughs> respectful. And then we could at Bernie's just put it on top of your car 
<laughs> cart it to the local funeral funeral home. Yeah, whatever. Well, you can't take it down in the lift, really, no. can you? No. no. Service lift. Yeah. Just chuck it out now. the window. <laughs> the d- <laughs> These, what do you reckon? This I didn't know. Because if you think about what's the dirtiest part of your hotel room, <laughs> it's actually some really small things. Um, so small you can hold it in your hand. Oh, it's well, not the TV remote. It is. Yes, isn't it? Oh, the, I've yeah, always thought that's dirty. Yes. This person says it never gets cleaned ever, the TV remote. Yes. And, oh, you can just imagine what. Oh, yes. Oh, horrible. Mm. Yeah, the, the, another small thing that they reckon that no one thinks about, <laughs> of course, is the and people handle this a lot is the key. Oh the yeah, um, this this hotel worker said uh, I've had keys returned covered in snot, mud, unknown bodily fluids. <laughs> I don't what? know what the unknown ones are. But... Well, I think you know what it is if Donald Trump's been at your hotel. What condition <laughs> would you have that would require you putting snot on? Keys. Like, well, how does that work? I guess if you don't have a tissue, <laughs> you want to go for a bit I, of just, an excavation. Just imagining, like, if you use the room keys for one of those cards, if you use it to, I don't know, divide a certain substance that goes up your nose. Um, oh, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Okay. yeah or if you, or maybe if you're, like, sort of nude and you just want to walk around the hotel room and, you, and your hands are full <laughs> and you've got a swipe card, you need to store it somewhere. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, there's another one. Now, this is a good tip, actually. If, you, um, if you're unbelievably rude, this is a true thing. Hotels keep a uh, beware of this guest list. Oh. And not only that, they actually share it. Um, like this person says, every hospitality establishment within 30 miles will know if you behave like a, like a jerk at the desk. Oh, right. Yeah, so, so, so don't take any corpses. How does Dom ever get into a hotel yeah, anyway? This explains why yeah. Dommy's always asking for my sofa. Because <laughs> uh, no one will let you stay in the hotel. Andrew, I wouldn't, I wouldn't lick your TV remote, mate. <laughs> so when the residents of Mascot Tower first uh, got told that their building was basically unlivable... And they all had to, and they had a million dollar levy, special levy on their strata fees. Sorry, Charles, did you just say mascot tower? Yeah, because I thought a, a few days ago it was called mascot towers. Plural. Yeah, how did you come down? No, no, no. There's only one left. There's only one left. Yeah, yeah. Is it that bad? Yeah. Well, this is the this is the point. They got this terrible sinking feeling uh, when they got told about the thing. Turns out that's true. The the whole towers are sinking. Yeah, no, I, right. I saw in the news today that engineers have, quote, identified a new issue. That's a good thing to hear. Yeah, about. That's right. but, but apparently that. all of the ones around there uh, are, are sinking. It's not just yeah, Mascot all, Towers all now. And, and not, not just that, mm. but the developers mm. uh, have got other, other projects that they're making around Sydney too. Oh, really? Is that like, what, getting free money out of the government? Is that their, well, their other business so, project? Oh, yes, yeah. yes. I, yeah. I assume that's what it is. In fact, in fact, have a listen to the government approval meeting. This is how it went. All right. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Are you the developers who did Mascot Towers? Yes. Yes, yes, that, yes. That's us. Come on in. Just mind that piece of collapsed ceiling. Uh, take a seat. Thank you. Ah! The chair collapsed. Yes, we designed furniture too. Now, uh, what can I do for you? Well, look, I'm from the government and I'm here to assess all the building plans you've submitted. Too easy. Well, here's a model of the latest. Now, this building is our most ambitious design to date. That's a tower made of Lego. Well, as I said, it's ambitious. I mean, the actual building will be more like this. That's a tower made of Duplo. Yes, yes, closer to our skill level. And it just fell apart. Yes. Well, congratulations, sir. The government would love to approve your next projects. Oh, the apartments at Hillsdale, you mean? No, rebuilding Sydney's stadiums. They don't need to last very long anyway. 
Triple M's Radio Chaser. So the other day, Dom mentioned that he has this high-tech house and he's bought these light bulbs that you can control with your phone. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so I thought, that sounds really cool. And I, I went out and I bought some light bulbs to um, try and make them work like yours. Yeah, to join the tech revolution. Yeah, yes, exactly, to join the tech revolution so you can control your light bulb with your smartphone. Anyway, the, the light bulb last night stopped working. And I looked at the instructions and it said, you just got to reset the light bulb. Now, I've never... How do you reset a light bulb? Well, it turns oh. out there's a whole YouTube video that you have to look up if you want to reset the light bulb. Start with your bulb off for at least five seconds. Then turn on the bulb for eight seconds. Turn off for two seconds. It's easy. Turn on yeah. for eight seconds. <laughs> turn does. off for two yeah. seconds. Yeah. Turn on for eight seconds. Yeah. Turn off for... For two seconds. Hang on. Turn on for eight seconds. Honestly, true. Turn off for two seconds. Turn on for eight seconds. Turn off for two seconds. This is true. Yeah, this is totally true. The bulb will flash on and off three times to show that the reset was successful. It's successful. If it doesn't, your bulb may be running on an older version of firmware (laughs) and will need to try the second factory reset process, which is designed for C by GE bulbs with this package or for firmware version 2.7. Yeah, which which actually, uh, like the the second way of doing it, you can see why they made it the first way, because the second way is even more complicated and difficult. We should note also that video, um, it actually had the pauses for like eight seconds. We had to cut them out because it was too boring. It's extraordinarily difficult. uh, But they they also, in the manual, they even have instructions on how to count seconds properly so that you're accurate enough. Oh, wow. Is it Mississippi technique? Yeah, they said use the Mississippi technique. Technique so that you can get the right amount of seconds. Uh, uh, this Ma- sounds like the mo- the most difficult way to switch on a light that I've ever heard. <laughs> it doesn't really feel like they've got the smart part of the smart yeah. bulb down. How does it? Yeah. So. Anyway, so well, I worked out how to turn off the bulb because that was the problem for me, which is I just smashed it on the ground. <laughs> it's fine. Works really well for eight seconds, and then I smashed it on the wall for two seconds, <laughs> and then on the ground for eight. No. Um. Anyway. So we wanted to to do this as a bit of a phone. One triple three five three. What's the most annoying piece of tech that you have in your life? Yeah, we'll answer oh, if you let mm. it ring for two seconds and then leave it. No, one triple three five three. We'll take your call. Yeah. And I've got to say, with my smart bulbs, which I really like, mm. um, the problem is if you go down to the, bu- to the middle of the night in the lounge room, you can't actually turn them on. So I've got. To re- what well, can you do? Unless well, you got your phone with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it's, it's oh, incredibly man. stupid. And you like and you, these stupid bulbs? And you can't see the phone because the light bulb's not on. Yeah, <laughs> but they can change colour. <laughs> One, triple, three, five, three. The most yeah. annoying piece of tech you have, and there's a prize up for grabs. Charles Furt's Fractured Fairy Tales, a book you will win if you if you have the best. I'll call. tell you, tell you my most annoying. Besides that light bulb, my most annoying piece of tech is my dishwasher beeps when it ends. <sighs> And you cannot stop it from beeping. So if you put it on last thing at night, then you get woken up at like 1 a.m. Because it takes two and a half hours to go with it beeping. And you cannot, you, there's no way. There's no stop for it. I hate that. My fridge is the same, Charles. If you leave the bloody door open, it beeps at you well, to, that, to warn that's you that's you've got the door open. That's good. Isn't it's it? not good because you're putting the groceries away and it goes beep, 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 you know, when you're putting the broccoli in. It one, one, triple, three, five, three. What's your most annoying piece? What, what gadget, appliance, anything? We have Anthony from Kramer. Hey, Anthony, what's your piece of tech that really annoys you? Mate, it's the microwave at home when you heat up something 
and then for 20 seconds or whatever it might be, and then the cool-down feature just keeps going on and on and on and never stops. That's that. You know what I mean? Cool. Yes, cool I know what you mean. Like the, like the fan. like it, And it sounds... Yeah, the fan. You, yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter if you, if you heat something up for 20 seconds or even if you, if you defrost, that cool-down feature or whatever, that fan just keeps going and going and going. That's it's right. It's so annoying. He's going, yeah. oh, I could, wait, I couldn't possibly heat anything else. I've got to cool down first. It's a disaster. <laughs> yeah, I have one of those too. Oh, that sounds yeah, like that, an absolute nightmare. Mm. Chill out, microwave. Let's go to Bella from Borkham Hills. What's your annoying piece of tech, Bella? Oh, hi. The keyless entry, this new keyless entry keys, there's no actual hole to start the car. <laughs> so if you have no battery for your, your remote, you can't actually drive it. That's not very good. Oh, is, that, is that how it works, is it? You it is. Did, did, yeah, did that happen to you? Little, did it go flat? There um, being a little spare key type thing that you can put in the door somewhere if mm. you bloody, I think, open up the handle or something, but... You can't actually start the car. I also heard that some people um, have been stealing cars because the key inside the house was close enough to the car that they just drove off in them. doesn't seem great. That's another funny thing. All right. That sounds very bad, Bella. Let's go to Janet. Janet, what's your annoying piece of tech? My car will always play some stupid jingle when I turn it off. Oh, no. How's it going? I kind of want to do the jingle, but I also... Go on. Do the jingle. We play... Okay, okay. It's like... Dun, 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 dun. Every time. No. Oh, you have to listen to that every time. It's oh. quite catchy. That sounds like every today's Every single time I turn off my car and it just, I don't know, you can't what? turn it off. What brand of car is that? Is it a Microsoft car? Or something, it's, a, it's a Hyundai. It's a Hyundai. Hyundai. Oh, there you go. Hyundai, they, yeah. They, they, I, I think the Koreans what, love little beeps and tunes, don't mm. they? Yeah, oh, we've got a Korean drive that does that. Let's move on to Jamie from Mount Pritchard. Jamie, your annoying piece of tech? Uh, that will be my wife's RoboVac. It's, oh, yeah. uh, it, it occasionally beaches itself on the bottom of the <laughs> stools and then it just starts beeping incessantly. Um, but otherwise, it's, it's pretty good. It picks up everything except uh, it's not so good when the little dogs have diarrhoea. Oh. <laughs> Better it than you, though, right? There's the one oh, moment yeah. that you want it to be very good. <laughs> oh, yeah, but it spreads it around everywhere. Oh, <laughs> rude hey, um, Charles, who's winning the book? What do you reckon? Uh, uh, look, I, I, look, I'm sorry. We're going to have to go with the Hyundai playing the tune at you because that is that yeah. is an insanely yeah, stupid and she piece sang of it. Deck. All right, congratulations. Yeah. You've won a copy of uh, Charles Furt's Fractured Fairy Tales. Triple M, this is Radio Chaser, the creators of nationalsickyday.com, on which 126,912 people, not making this up, have pledged to take Friday off. Yes. So proud. It's a, it's a real legacy, the damage that we're doing to the Australian economy. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Anyway, um, so we were talking about gadgets before and sort of how useless microwave ovens are as well. Well... The researchers at the University of Southampton in England have come up with something pretty useful, I reckon, which is uh, it's a computer disk that can last for 13.8 billion years and store 360 terabytes of data on each disk. And each disk is it's about the size, it's about one inch each disk, and it can store... Uh, 360 terabytes of data, which is uh, the biggest library in the world, is 15 terabytes of data. So it's about 20 times larger, just on one inch of disk, than um, the biggest library in the world. 
And the, it'll be there in 13 billion years. And it'll be there time. in 13 billion years. But but just imagine how much data you, you could store. You know, it would almost fit Malcolm Turnbull's ego on a single disc. Right. That, impressive. With that That's sort of thing. It's a tech. I mean, you could. It would only take two discs to fit all of Craig Rucastle's wokeness. Oh, <laughs> but he <laughs> wouldn't approve because the the disc will be there forever. It yeah, can't be. yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's a waste, and, and it's a single use disc as well. Yeah. Very oh. sort of thing. He'd be furious. Uh, so it is. It is massive, and it does last quite a long time. Just to put thirteen point eight billion years in perspective, um, the universe itself and all of space and time is only sixteen billion years old. So it it's right. basically will last for as long as the universe has been going already. Do you know how they got to 13.8? And it was very specific. Like, yeah. well, why not 13.9? Well, I, I think that's the warranty period. <laughs> right. I, I think, uh, can I you think, buy an extended warranty? I think that would be sensible. <laughs> yeah. Well, imagine going in after 12 billion years oh, and, yeah. and, you know, being broken and mm. yeah, asking for your money back. <laughs> Have you got the receipt? Have you got the receipt? Oh, no, it's disintegrated. <laughs> yeah, I think the receipt's faded yeah. a little bit. I shouldn't have stored it against that other receipt. But, uh, yeah, no, it, I mean, it's going to last beyond humanity. It's going to last uh, beyond the continental drift of nature. Probably it lasts beyond the existence of Earth. Mm. Um, except there is just one tiny little detail that the researchers sort of um, <clears throat> stuffed up on, which is... It's made of glass, so that if you drop it <laughs> at any point during the 13.8 billion years, it gets completely destroyed. Isn't the whole of the Earth going to be absorbed into the sun within 13.8 billion years? Yeah. Like when it the red, gets into the red giant stage? Yes. But oh, well. But, yeah. Well, yeah. At least we'll still have our computer disks storing all the sort of, you know, episodes of War on Waste on us. So there you go. Triple M, Radio Chaser. Cat's pajamas or cat's piss. Charles and Eddie, an amazing historical discovery on Queensland's Sunshine Coast. A single-use plastic bag under eight metres of water. And it's believed to be uh, an historic KFC bag um, from back in the day. I just want to know, should there be a museum for these sorts of discoveries? Whoa. What well, How old is this bag? As long... oh, it's 40 years old. It, it, this is the sort of thing that Chaz... I feel would be very interested in, like a forty-year-old KFC bag. Yes. Like I, I, I imagine there would be a whole type of person who would collect old plastic bags. Well, he used to it. leave his burgers in his bags for days at a yeah, time. So I, it's, I, he he'd has like a forty-year-old burger if it, if it still had a KFC burger in it from mm. from forty years ago. Look, I, I think this is wonderful, especially yes. because KFC is a sponsor of the program and, yes. and the station. Mm. So uh, you know, I think there should be more of this. W- I think I think w- the Australian National Museum should only have KFC merchandise in it. Was um, Was there a burger in it? Like, could we actually try some of the? Was it finger licking goods? I don't. I don't think it was finger licking good, but I just mm. think the point is when you go to Kentucky Fried Chicken and you mm. buy a plastic, you get a plastic bag, mm. know that you're getting a high quality bag that's going to last. Yeah, it's a, it's, yeah. it's a bag for posterity. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your great kids are going to love that plastic bag. <laughs> Treasure it forevermore. All right, moving on here. <laughs> uh, now, uh, a woman's written a name, uh, a woman has written a thesis on unusual names. Her name uh, now is Dr. Marijuana Pepsi Van Dyke. Mm. <laughs> Marijuana Pepsi. Marijuana Pepsi. Personally, I don't think it's a particularly good name, if I'm quite honest. But I do think it's a it's a bloody good idea for a product. Marijuana Pepsi. (laughs) (laughs) Radio Chaser. Triple M.